Hi everyone, welcome to the Planet podcast that for the past half year, Alistair Doyle and I have been doing really every week. I don't think we skipped once. We maybe changed the time sometimes. And um, we uh, have had a lot of fun and we have also had a bit of sadness about the uh, somewhat sad subjects uh, that we sometimes have been talking about uh, climate change, biodiversity loss, etc. And uh, that is the reason that today we are going to look at positive stories. It is also a bit of a special moment because for the very first time since we started, we're going to take a break. I am actually already very much in a holiday mode. You should see the way I'm dressed at the moment in uh, some kind of old t-shirt. Uh, and I am in the Pyrenees mountains um, on uh, on the French uh, side uh, still. Um, but I'm planning to go to Spain soon. Um, um, uh, so it's all a bit uh, different uh, this time. But on the plus side, we're going to talk about uh, positive things. So um, it will be a bit of a, how do you say that? A bit of a goodbye party before we catch up in August again. And then Alice and I will take a bit of time to brainstorm and you might help there on how we're going to organize it, how frequent and what subjects, etc. Um, but um, uh, we'll uh, more of that in um, in August. Um, so, um, hi Alistair, how are you <laughs> after this monologue? Hi Alex, no, sorry, I, I, I joined just on the dot of, um, of eight o'clock today here in, <laughs> in Oslo, where uh, where it's raining. So um, yes, thank you. It's been a it's been a great ride with you doing this for the first six months of the year. I think I think I missed one because I was. I was ill uh, last week, but uh, oh, yeah. thank you for letting me take part in it. It's been fun, and thank you to all the listeners who've um, uh, joined us, and to even some of you have even read my book, The Great Melt. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> it's been it's been wild, but it's it's as you say, it's been a depressing half year half year in terms of the uh, the news we've covered. But uh, yeah, let's get on and talk about some. Um, some uplifting news, perhaps, for a middle yeah, what, gloom. What do you had. think was an, an uplift? Well, one uplifting story is, of course, that you published your book, uh, The Great Melt. But I think the regular listeners that are always live, they will know it. But there's also listeners that, uh, and quite a few of you have actually bought it, um, which I can highly recommend. But there's also listeners that are not, net, not listening live. There's far more, actually, that will listen later to this podcast. So uh, if you look for a great book, uh, look for The Great Melt. And I'm saying this because Alistair can, of course, not promote his own book here. So I'm doing <laughs> it for him. So what, is, um, uh, what else was there for positive news except for your wonderful book? <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, we, we've got, I mean, just today, of course, there's the there's a UN meeting in Bonn where they're talking about climate change. I mean, it's not making a lot of progress, but that's, they're still talking, at least, I suppose. They're talking about it. They're getting on, um, moving ahead for talks on, in um, in Egypt. But uh, uh, most, of the talk, most of the fun things that have happened this year, I think, have been small successes on the environmental front. The big issues of climate change and, and, and so on are all un, unsolved. But at least there have been a few little successes. I like this story that we discussed about Spix Macor. Um, yeah which is a Brazilian parrot, um, which, which, which has been extinct in the wild since the 1990s. 
it's existed, it's kept on going a little bit in collections in places like Qatar, rather secretive collections, because it's been illegal to export these, these rather lovely parrots, they're sort of grey and blue, um, and uh, look very charming in these pictures I've got in front of me here. But they've, um, you know, they, they were driven to extinction in the wild. There was the very last one flapped off its nest, uh, flapped away from a tree, rather. It didn't have a nest. It flapped away from a tree which was where it was being monitored sometime in the 1990s and never came back. And so, you know, it's been assumed to be extinct um, since then, certainly, ex well, extinct in the wild. But now, uh, just um, on June the 13th, the first, they, they've been breeding them in, in, in the, um, in, in, you know, breeding centers, and they got they've released eight of these macaws back into the wild with the further 12 to follow later this year. So, you know, you never know. These, these are being released in Brazil and let's hope they can reestablish themselves. Um, but it's, it's an extraordinary story because you have things like they have, um, uh, they're very picky, these birds, they mate for life. And so, you know, you can imagine um, if you're a picky bird and you don't know much about the, the jungle um, and you run across it's like going on a blind date with somebody you run across <laughs> another of your species and just imagine imagine going on a blind date with somebody um, when you're dating and then thinking afterwards ah I was interesting but no I didn't really like him or her um, no we won't meet up again <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you discover that you are the only person in the world <laughs> you don't yeah. have any choice <laughs> yeah, if you live in an uninhabited island, you can't be too picky. If uh, if somebody else washes ashore, that must be the case that uh, that they have. Yeah, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned Qatar because the Qataris they love their birds. Because I used to uh, to come quite often in Qatar for my work, and then there's the the old souk in Qatar. It's, it's not really old. It was an old souk, and then they bulldozed it to uh, to make high rise buildings. But then uh, the story goes that. Uh, the ruler of Qatar said, where's my souk? After he came back from the visit somewhere, I said, well, we, we cleaned it up. We're going to put some 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 steel high-rises. No, I want my souk back. So they recreated the old souk. Wow. And it looks completely like the old souk did. But anyway, in that souk, there, uh, uh, there is a hospital for falcons. And mm -hmm. it, it's, it's amazing to go there. So you have all kinds of falcons that are not not really really feeling 100% and they love their birds they really take very good care of them so it's a, it's a hospital for birds you can you can walk in there and then um, I was reminded of Qatar because I was um, I was a few days ago in Bonn as well um, not for that climate meeting although I met quite yeah. a few friends who were there for the climate meeting I was there for a water meeting but anyway then before I went from um, uh, from Bonn to Paris, where I've also been, I, I woke up in Paris this morning, um, I wow. made a stop in the Netherlands. And the only reason I did so was that uh, there were two reasons. One was that I had to change my suit and my, uh, my suitcase for a backpack and a T-shirt. Um, I could only do that in The Hague for, that's a long story, but I could do that only in The Hague. Um, but the other reason was that my diplomatic class, so um, uh, the group that I started with 30 years ago as, um, as a diplomat for one year of diplomatic training, we had for the first time in a very long time, we had a reunion. And there I was sitting next to a nice. guy who is now our ambassador uh, to Yemen. 
and he was describing, this is a very long introduction, he was <laughs> describing how he was just flying from Qatar to Amman and that somebody came on board with just three magnificent, beautiful birds that um, he didn't describe what kind it was. I guess it's falcons. That would make a good story probably. But he just yeah. comes on board with uh, three beautiful birds and uh, they are not, you know, somewhere in the hold in, in the bottom of the plane or so. Just stay on board. Okay, that was that was a very long introduction for... First class seats. <laughs> yeah. For just a story. And, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, so uh, a lot of these, a lot of these spix macaws have ended up in the in the Gulf states. There, um, yeah. you know, these birds of these ones that have been bred in captivity have been, you know, the the price of these. I read one one place has been, they've been, their their price has been forty thousand dollars on the black market, which um, wow. somebody noticed was more valuable than heroin by the second wow. half of the twentieth century. Wow. These birds wow. were so rare, the rarest creatures in the world, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and the sad thing yeah, is, of so course, the fact once, that yeah, once once animals become rare, uh, then you have all kinds of collectors that, because it's rare and expensive, therefore they want to have it, <laughs> and then the last yeah. ones are hunted down. I mean, it's such a sad story. Exactly. The Brazilian government actually introduced an amnesty for owners that they came forward and let to let their birds participate in a breeding program. Okay. So that at least means there's a bit more diversity yeah. in the. And the, and the gene pool, I guess, of these yeah. birds that they're breeding. More so, so. For, the, for the picky birds. <laughs> <laughs> for the picky birds. Yeah. More, yeah, maybe. more You can wait till the second date. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Adam and Eve didn't get on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that would have changed the side of the world. We would have way less environmental problems if that would have been the case. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So what else? What are, what are the what are the uh, positive stories have you seen, Alex, this, well, these recent oh gosh. months? I just, I, if I just think on the micro level, just in my own experience and, and staying with birds, I love these apps so much. I have a few apps that, uh, that tell you what bird is singing at the moment. And in Ottawa, after that horrible winter they have every year, when finally springtime arrives, I just love to walk in the forest and then uh, use these um, these birds uh, apps and I'm, right now I'm looking at what it's called for those that are interested they're like free it's called BirdNet the other one is Merlin Bird but I think they use um, the same uh, database of Cornell University uh, but, yes. but the one I normally mostly use is BirdNet and it's so funny you just you walk in a forest and you hear bro, what kind of bird is it and you just put it on and it works like a bit like Shazam, you know, with pop music. It just hears the song and tells you, oh, that must be this bird. I love that. So that is uh, on my micro level of enjoying nature and environment. Um, I, I I love these kind of innovations. I mean, this is this is a good innovation. This is good for the planet when because people yeah. then also start to respect nature more if they if they know more about it. Because ruining our planet and ruining nature. It's a lot about ignorance and so make people less ignorant, educate people better and, and they'll take better care of the environment. Yeah, exactly. So, I use BirdNet as well. Yeah. It's a great, great resource, isn't it? You can be out in the countryside and take a recording yeah. and just um, play it back. We also yeah. have parties with it at home where we um, invite guests to try and pretend they're a bird. See if they can fool it. <laughs> because it normally, it normally catches people out and it says probably human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've 
I've done exactly the same thing. I was recently listening to a very particular rhythm of a bird, and then I was describing it to somebody. I said, "This is just like you know, like a machine gun. This bird goes like tuck a tuck a tuck a tuck." And then I, I, I saw the registration of my own, um, uh, my own voice, and then said, "Yeah, probably human." <laughs> probably human. Yeah, exactly. It's not easy to fool it, is it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's amazing what they can do. I was in the UK a couple of uh, a month ago, and I heard a cuckoo. I think it must be the first time in about five or six years I've heard a cuckoo. Okay, um, I heard quite a few recently. Oh yeah, and well, yeah, in but I had the same feeling yeah. like you that I thought I I heard them so much less than when I was a child. When I was a child, I, my impression is there were always cuckoos somewhere. Yeah, I think so too. They were much more frequent. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't mistake have, them, can you? Yeah. yeah people, people also had these Swiss uh, cuckoo clocks, you know, that the bird comes out. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, those, those, those are last two. Sorry for the Swiss listening here. I love your cuckoo clocks. <laughs> Just don't want to have them near me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, so what else did we have of positive news? There must be more positive news than just bird sounds, right? There was, I yeah. remember there was this amazing story that they found the biggest thing alive, uh, the world's largest plant, uh, oh, yes. which was nearly 200 kilometers long uh, seagrass, which is uh, discovered off Australia. Um, I love it that we sometimes just find something amazing in nature that is really big and yes. we've just missed it this seagrass is three times the size of manhattan and uh it yeah. it, it is just recently that they that they discovered this and it reminds me of this story of this enormous kind of fungus or mushroom or whatever that is growing somewhere in america which grows across several states actually and there was also yes. um, it was it was one it, it was one gene pool it was it was one yeah it was one organism but it was huge it was like i don't know hundreds of kilometers as well but then then underground do you remember the story yeah i remember that i don't remember the details of it i'm afraid um yeah, neither do I. Um, this is a bad podcast. One, we should prepare this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I meant... I should pretend that I say something spontaneously, but then actually I have to text <laughs> you. Yeah, when I can't back you <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, I went to Sweden a few years ago. I might have mentioned this, where I, I went to visit a, a, a mountaintop where they got this um, tree that may be um, 10,000 years old or so. Wow. Um, it lives, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's you know, when it, it's 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 the same genetically. The roots are the same genetically as the the branches and the the, the rotting bits that fall off it. I ha, have the same genetic. Um, the, 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 it's identical genetically identical to the tree that's now sticking up on, out of the ground there. So, you know, it may be older than bristlecone pines in the United States and yeah. other huge, you know, really old yep. things. Yeah, because so, those are, if I remember correctly, about four and a half thousand years old. I remember at yeah, them, uh, yeah. the days that I was reading the Guinness Book of Records. That was very, very long ago. Um, yes. and, uh, and that there was a picture of what was then thought to be the oldest tree in the world. I think it was 4,600 years, if I remember correctly. But yes. it's not a very impressive tree. It's not at all some kind of sequoia or something. You would just cut it down if you would have it in your backyard. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Another story I liked about wildlife, about rescuing endangered wildlife, was this new tortoise they've rediscovered on the um, oh, yeah. Galapagos Islands yeah. um, just recently. You know, it's believed to have been extinct for more than a century. They've just discovered that one of the tortoises that they knew about um, is actually uh, one of these ones they thought had gone extinct. A fantastic yeah. giant tortoise living on Fernandina Island. Um, the only other known specimen was discovered in 1906. So oh. this one matches that uh, that tortoise. I mean, tortoises can live for you know, hundred years. There's only one of it. There's only one. Hundred or... years or more, but they, I think there's only one left. Yeah. Oh, um, but of course, if they've missed them, you know, there may be more of these things roaming around somewhere in the undergrowth. I guess yeah. they're quite hard to spot, even though they're you know they can grow up to more than a meter long. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, so you know, maybe. Maybe let's think. Yeah, of course. These, also, all these tortoises. The the story of these um, these huge animals. They found only six of them on the tiny island of La Gomera, which where I already went as a tourist many many years ago. And it's not a very big island. It's one of the Canary Islands. And then they found uh, enormous lizards. By yeah, they were more than a meter. They found only six of them. They're in a secret location and it's being monitored now that the tourists are not going to, to look for them. But they found only six of them on an island where already, you know, for decades, tourists were just, just walking around there. And suddenly this massive animal was found there. It was not like yeah. some kind of tiny spider or something that somebody discovers. And I thought it was fascinating because I've been there, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's uh, it's a huge contrast with uh, Tenerife or so that is next door. It is, it's, it's only for hikers and nature lovers. Um, but it's, uh, but still, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's always tourists roaming around. Did, did you see one? Did you see one? No, no, you I've, I've, I've not no. seen one. No, uh, but basically nobody sees them because yeah. they discovered them only like 10 years ago. And, and for all right. these years, hikers have been going through the bush and, and nobody knew. And not spotting them, yeah. Yeah, so I've called uh, up. I've, yeah, I've called up a page here. They're they're pretty nondescript, aren't they? They're pretty grey and they look like a rock. Um, yeah, um, and they're critically endangered on the list of endangered, um, you know, endangered. So that means there's not they're not doing very well. Yeah, but it, actually, yeah. it says here that there are the latest census says there are ninety in the wild. So okay. maybe they've oh, been, they're doing more, more to help breed them, and a captive stock of about forty four. So so yeah, that's is a good news story ah, too. They're, so they're um, really working you know, on it. They're picking this is, up, by the way, a yeah. fascinating island. If you want to travel someday and just want to want to be in nature and have good weather, then uh, go like to Gomera. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's nice. uh, yeah. a very nice Canary Islands. You have to fly though. Well, you can go there. Oh, maybe but the boat's also polluting so okay so you have yeah. to step over your principles and just go there because it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah. i was yeah. actually i've been for two days in the train right to go to spain now where everybody else right. is flying i sat uh, one day in a train from the hague to paris well that was just that was just like three hours or something but i needed to catch the train this morning at 10 o'clock at montparnasse to be able yeah. to arrive here only at 6.30 in the evening. So it's really a day long sitting in the train. Um, wow. So the things you do for climate. But then the same climate yeah. comes back with a revenge here because there's a heat wave here that is horrible. It's just, it is so hot. It will be Pamplona that is nearby will uh, tomorrow be 42 degrees. That is just wow. brutal. That is really brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
that's way too and it's going to get hotter isn't it towards the weekend isn't it i think yeah. or is that yeah. the peak yeah, yeah. it's um, i see the heat is spreading up through the south of europe and yeah. it's not reaching norway this time but yeah. uh yeah, yeah. yeah well, i might be cool. reaching norway soon if this stays like this <laughs> yeah, you'd be welcome to come and stay way, yeah way too, way too hot for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i might look on the on the weather map and uh and, and and move somewhere else my my plans are never fixed so it's it's uh i just i decide every day what i do so uh, yeah. yeah there have been some brutal heat wave haven't there in the, in the united states as well the, the month yeah. was a pretty nasty heat yeah. wave but um sharon must know getting, about that yeah and, so uh, early in the so early, so early in the year it's unusual yeah. i think both in yeah. europe and the u.s isn't yeah. it there she um, is. Hi, Sharon. How hot is it at your place? Hi, Sharon. <laughs> Hi, Alistair. Hi, nice Sharon. to have you back. Uh, thank you. Thank I'm you. Glad you're great here. You. Thank you. you. Great to hear you. Okay, I have two things. I'll be I'll be brief. Um, I'm looking at my patio, and there is ice in my bird um, water. And uh, this morning, <laughs> an Arizona and. Yes, an Arizona Roadrunner uh, was out there drinking, and it's so funny to see them drink because they got a long beak. And then I have morning doves and quail, and then rabbits also come. But I actually put ice in the water. It's going to be 113 here today. Oh, um, yeah. They say it's a one and done because it's only going to be 105 tomorrow. And isn't that sad when they say, oh, it's 113 and our weather... People are saying, oh, but that's a one and done. It's going to be 105 tomorrow. So, wow. I mean, that you, you can't win with this heat in Arizona, and it, and it is relentless. And I just read on my Twitter feed that an elderly gentleman who was 67 died in his car in Death Valley um, today. He ran out of gas, and he had a note oh, in his hand that said, out of gas. And it was 123, and it may have, may have been yesterday because it's only um, 11:30 here in Arizona. But um, very recently, and he had a note that said "ran out of gas," and I just think that's heartbreaking. Yeah, um, that our it? you know that our heat is this bad, and um, you know there's no relief in sight. And just the last thing I wanted to say, I read a politician statement uh, a couple days ago that said, what's the big deal about uh, heat in Arizona in June? Just enjoy it. Uh, swim, uh, do swimming parties, do outdoor barbecues, uh, take summertime walks at night. D does that give a thought to the people that are dying of heat stroke, yeah, to the people so that I serve on my nonprofit that have no fans, no air conditioning? Um, it, it, it's so entitled. So I just um, thank you guys for bringing it up because we need to start a conversation about this. Heat is deadly. It's relentless and it kills. And it is yeah. certainly a big deal. So it just makes me mad. But there was my rant. Thank you. No, <laughs> good one. Thanks, good Sharon. one. Great one, Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. That's thank you, Alistair. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you have Back in whenever it was 2003, you had that. There was a heat wave in Europe that killed tens of thousands of people. It was like in a, France, wasn't it? And especially yeah. in France, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe they've you know set up more better systems for the elderly in in homes, care homes, and in hospitals now, haven't they? More air conditioners and so on. And but you know, not having fans when it's 105 or 110. Yeah. That's um, that's really crazy. That is really, yeah. really brutal. 
it seems that uh, a factor that influences that a lot is if at night the temperature doesn't drop uh, somehow mm-hmm. your your body really needs it to 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 be cooled down at a normal temperature at night because if it stays warm at night then the 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 death rate really goes up and uh, yeah so i hope it cools down for me here because it's bloody hot where i am <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> i think tomorrow i'll go to a place with air conditioning <laughs> yes yes <laughs> survival here yeah um, yeah so what else so, oh, let me see i see evelyn type oh there's a whole, a whole lot of stuff i missed and uh, oh, yeah, oh, the cuckoo clock it's actually German okay well yeah but it's around the corner Evelyn it's uh, the Black oh, right. Forest so okay and you went so, tried to escape to Norway and got hit, hit by a heat wave in Narvik goodness that's up by almost on the Arctic Circle isn't it 30 wow. plus degrees that's um wow that's really unusual yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that is uh, yeah that is uh, that's true so uh, let me see one, one or two more positive news stories do we have another one yeah. Master? because you well, I, I, thinking, I loved your bird story the, the one i liked also was about plastics actually i mean it's not it's not a breakthrough but at least on march the 2nd in nairobi governments yeah. agreed to start doing something to work towards a treaty to regulate plastics yeah. um it's not they're not going to ban plastics they're not going to force people to pay you know a euro for a plastic bag or whatever but um they're just going to you know, the idea is to complete a draft legally binding agreement by the end of 2024. So that would be, you know, address the full life cycle of plastics, the design of reusable and recyclable products and materials. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a step along the way. It's not 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 going to solve the problem of plastics that are choking a lot of life in the oceans at the moment and just polluting everywhere, is it? But it's, at least it's one diplomatic step towards yeah. um, solving something at least one of these problems because we've you know we've put off all the stuff about climate change got put off and um we've had the the conference on biodiversity that was meant to be held in china um this year it keeps on being put off it was meant to be held last year or maybe even the year before yeah. <laughs> keeps on getting put off so that's one glimmer of hope on the diplomatic front i guess yeah. um, not very bright but a glimmer <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. Um, they say it is the best thing that happened in climate diplomacy since um, uh, the the the, uh, the Paris Agreement of of late two thousand fifteen, which, on the one hand, is positive news. On the other hand, it also tells you how little is happening because the Paris Agreement is, <laughs> yeah. of course, also far behind on um, on on schedule. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I don't hear much. Um, yeah, they're working in Bonn, but. I don't think uh, that Egypt will be um, a spectacular event, but yeah, you never know. Let's uh, let's be hopeful. We promise to be very, um, uh, very hopeful in this <laughs> in this podcast. Yes. So yeah. um, uh, it's it's uh, it's so easy to to be negative about. Uh, yeah, about yeah, climate. exactly. And, I kind of um, like what um, Christiana Figueres, who used to be the UN's climate chief back in the when the Paris Agreement come through came through, she talks about uh, stubborn optimism um, yeah that you have to have this attitude towards life uh you yeah. know that she says this is a decisive decade we've got to halve our emissions this decade and yeah. that might sound naive um but you don't want to be naive because that's just foolishness um yeah. 
And, but if you to say, oh, it's too difficult, then you fall into despair and you end up in paralysis. But yeah. if you have, if you have a, what she calls a stubborn optimism that, you know, you've just got to do this, you've got to solve these problems because otherwise, you know, things are going to go down, down the tubes completely. You've got to work on it and you've got to be stubbornly optimistic that something can yeah. come out of it. Because yeah. she says, you know, there's no guarantee of success, but not trying is a guarantee of failure. Yeah. Which is which is quite a good sort of guide to the world's environmental problems. I think you know we're not going to solve them overnight. We're we're way 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 behind uh, with dealing with them. But you've got to keep up some sort of hope somewhere that we can we can get to grips with them. Um, yeah. Even though you know what we've been discussing on the this podcast have been kind of <laughs> small corners of the world, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I, I love this attitude because. It's the best you can do. It also fits with what Michael E. Mann was saying in one of these earlier podcasts um, that he said that the people that are so negative that they say, you know, we're doomed, we, we, we you know, we're, we're going to lose everything anyway. Um, they are basically playing the, the role that's, uh, that, uh, that the fossil fuel industry is playing because they, they take away uh the incentive to do something because you yes. know, everything is lost why would you do anything so you you need to have hope and you need to have optimism and and therefore it's good to also focus on all kinds of of smaller uh positive stories uh, that are out there and um, yeah. yeah that's maybe also something to yeah uh for our evaluation this summer uh what we will do uh, uh after this because um negative news sells but it's it's much more difficult to to sell the positive stories um but the positive stories are often fun so it's it's uh, it's nice to talk about uh, the positive stories uh it's nice to talk about you know increase in uh, the yes. production and use of sustainable energy it's nice to talk about uh, cities that uh, change themselves into cycling paradises and instead of you know, just just a smoky car paradise, and uh, it's 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 good to see in the energy transition that although there's also an increase in, in the use of fossil fuels, but there's a clear focus on on more sustainability, etc. So, yeah, there are there are a lot of positive stories. I love it when new animals are discovered. Um, there's just once in a while you read a story about. And animals either discovered or rediscovered, um, and sometimes they're quite big as well. And I, I remember there was this kind of small deer that they discovered in Vietnam a couple of years ago. You know, it's a mm. complete species that we overlooked a deer in Vietnam. Yes. And um, yeah, so those those are uh, are the positive stories. And then there's of course also always innovation. I'm 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 always a bit negative about governance, but I'm. Always quite optimistic about innovation, and you you can't innovate ourselves out of all these problems. But innovation is clearly clearly an aspect of it. I mean, see how how far we've got. Look look at the light bulb that is in your ceiling. If 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 you would go anywhere near it twenty years ago, you would feel the heat, and now you don't feel any heat anymore. It's only giving light, which is what it's supposed to do. Yes. Um, yeah. So those kind yes. of um, uh, those kind of developments are. Are positive. Things are getting safer and cheaper and more efficient in many ways. Um, the problem is that the scale that we 
produce everything is getting bigger and bigger because we have more and more people in the world middle class and and yes. all of them want light bulbs and yeah even if they're uh, much better if everybody needs a light bulb then um then we have a problem so yeah, yeah so it's this kind of positive and negative news that we've been uh, treating everybody with in the past half year yeah it's um yes i mean especially also like this story about the guy who won um 200 million euros <laughs> the euro millions jackpot who's decided to set up an environmental foundation to protect forests and boost biodiversity we need more people like that he's my hero so far this year you know he fantastic he, he yeah. gave his name only as guy um he's yeah. but he's won 200 million euros and he's instead of buying sports cars and helicopters like most people do he's buying um he's putting the money into a, an environmental foundation which is absolutely fantastic. brilliant yeah, Those are I love the it. stories I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's, uh, I wonder what I would do with the 200 million. I would probably <laughs> skip off a, a few million and then also be, <laughs> be very positive with the yes. other 195 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice to live worry free. Yeah. And, uh, if, if only earning 200 million, wow. I mean, that is that's an absurd it's amount. It's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. 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 We should I see a comment do a from... podcast. What would you do with two hundred million? We could we could fill an hour. I think everybody would have opinions about that. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. We discussed that once before, didn't we? But um, I, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a good question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Hey, um, it's getting awfully hot in this very little. Um, I I took a room with all kinds of bunk beds that is not occupied. Uh, it doesn't even have a window, actually. Oh, well. As I said, this is a pretty crappy hotel, um, and um, <laughs> so I want to get out of here, <laughs> and, I, and I want to get some dinner. Um, so uh, this was uh, for now um, um, uh, the 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 last podcast for a while that Ellers and I are doing together. We'll catch up again in August after we uh, did uh, catch our breath and uh, think about new things. I will be back likely tomorrow in the afternoon. Uh, in the afternoon um and um but i don't know the time yet but that will probably be something like four o'clock or five o'clock in in european time so if if it would be four o'clock that would be 10 o'clock in the morning in uh, in new york in eastern time but i have no idea whether it will be four o'clock i will tell you tomorrow so stay tuned and i might uh, send out uh, some messages um with that um thank you sir so much that's great you and i have never met yeah. but it's uh, weird we, isn't it yeah yeah it's, it's i weird feel like too. i know you yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, uh, it feels like being good friends I, I was just last story when i just arrived in bonn i met there's three guys with whom i'd been in about 10 zoom calls over the past two years and we just walked up to each other and start drinking a beer and we just continued as if we knew each other and then I was like 15 minutes, somebody says, do you actually realize that we have never met each other before? And that was just, everyone's, oh yeah, yeah, well, we, we've never. So the, the virtual and the real life is uh, is overlapping a lot. I'm sure that will happen when uh, when the heat here drives me away to Norway or somewhere up north. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll exactly, share a beer. 
we yeah we could share a beer we could actually do a podcast while we're actually sitting in the same room sitting and having a beer right exactly while drinking a beer not too many (laughs) and um yeah having said that i would like to also thank uh our very loyal live listeners all of you uh, yes thank uh, you so much uh, practically always uh, been here uh, with us um have a wonderful summer i might sometimes spontaneously uh podcast a little bit from my uh, holiday places wherever i am uh but then i'll just send you a message that i'll be doing that um evelyn says have a great break thank you evelyn and i see you you, clapping here and there um okay stay safe all of you this summer and um we'll be back in um in august bye-bye thanks a lot everyone bye bye alistair (laughs) bye bye alex